Jerry DePoto Show, presented by Seattle Pump and Equipment on Seattle Sports Station. Good morning, Jerry. How we doing? Uh, not too bad, Mike. Hanging in, trying to anyway. Yeah, it's uh, it's been a it's been a rough week or two here. What what do you think is going on? Uh, you know, it's it really the last fifteen games for us. It'd be harder to to figure out what's going on than than what's going wrong, <laughs> which is roughly everything. You know, we 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 just haven't played well. It's that simple, and and it's been. In all facets, truly, we've we've not pitched. We've we've really lost our our dominance of the strike zone, which is something that we've done quite well as a pitching staff. And and from an offensive perspective, it's just been really hard to get that the big hit in the big moment. And, and as much as it seems like we have no action or no traffic offensively, that's a little bit more on par with what's happening around the league. We're just having a very difficult time getting the big hit to score the run Mm -hmm. and that's the part that's that's affecting us in a negative way do you think the the bats and sort of the the quality of the process how has that been for taking the results out of it because we've all seen the results how has the process been you know in the the first two weeks of the season we had as good or better a process than we've ever had and and you could argue it was the best in the league We, we led the league in walks we weren't striking out we were you know every at bat fundamentally was was executed I, it was unbelievable up and down the lineup and and since then we've become very ordinary you know our our walk rate is more middle of the pack our strikeout rate is more middle of the pack and you know for me there's a simple answer to that is in, in the last 15 days we've played some of the better teams in the league and you know that the the good pitching will throttle the the those the impact in a negative way those those uh statistics but our process until very recently has been very good. And I think like is often the case when you face adversity or you, you, you're struggling, you start to push and you stress and, and you do things or try to do things that you're just not capable of. And, you know, our guys are, it's not, it's not a lack of effort. It's, they, they might be trying too hard and putting pressure on themselves to, to do more than they're capable of right now. Yeah, and I think that that should be a familiar idea to a lot of people, right? I mean, you get on a golf course and you don't hit a good drive and now you're 220 yards out and instead of, you know, knowing that that's not a shot you should really hit, right? You reach into a club for a club you can't hit and now you got yourself into a much bigger hole. I got to imagine for you it's got to be just, you know, incredibly challenging because as you're watching, you can't reach out to anybody in the middle of the game. You can't help anybody in the middle of the game. It must be kind of a powerless feeling at times once you've put the product out there. It is, you know, and we've had this week, as as you might expect, has been a week of a lot of meetings, a lot of discussions on, on how we can, can help. And, you know, that goes for, for me, for the front office, for Scott and the staff. What can we do to help? Because the struggle has been so complete, you know, and, and the, the, the helpless feeling that we've had is, you know, we have a 40-man roster, and you have to manage the 40-man the roster. And right now, 26 of those players are in the big leagues, and eight of them are injured. <laughs> and that doesn't count those that are on the 60-day right. who are you know, effectively not counted against your 40-man. So we only have five healthy players that, that aren't currently playing for us in the big leagues that are eligible and only one of them is eligible to return because you have to spend 10 days in the minor leagues after uh, 
you're you're demoted. So we're really strapped right now and trying to find creative solutions to provide respite for some of the guys that are struggling the most is, you know, it's challenging and we're doing the best we can to come up with, you know, ways, at least short-term solutions, because long-term we still believe in this team. This team is very talented. We do have a deep club and, and unfortunately in these last 15 days, if not the, the first month of the season, we've been tested to the brink and, and, and we've not handled it well, to be honest. So, for instance, if you wanted to make a move in your outfield and you wanted to bring up like a Steven Souza, who he would need to be added to the 40-man roster, right? And so in order to do that, you would need to find someone who you could take off of the 40-man. Correct. And you can't remove injured players from your roster. So it becomes increasingly more challenging as you add each layer of information. And, you know, there, there are ways to get around it. And, and we think we've, we've come up with a few and, you know, one of them was, was yesterday, just uh, doing what we could, you know, Donnie Walton was blocked mm-hmm. here. The, the Giants had some interest and, and we were able to, to trade Donnie uh, to the Giants and, and, and get a, a nice, very talented young 22 year old pitcher who will report to Everett, but it also freed up a 40 man roster spot for us to, to try to navigate. Uh, does that, you know, you said last week that you would use, and I think I'm quoting you mostly accurately, that you would use the minor leagues as a life preserver, essentially, for guys that were struggling in the majors. Um, that was a week ago, and we've seen some guys and some of the young guys continue to struggle since then. Uh, are you just as convicted about that today? No question. I even more so. And you are quoting it correctly. And, you know, just it, help the player, you know, where, meet them where they are. And, and uh, you know, unfortunately, we have had uh, such a rough stretch and such an inability to manage that, that roster because of some of the factors I just discussed that we haven't had the, the, the opportunity or even the, realistically the chance to, to provide them with that, that breather or that reset. And uh, we have to figure out how because we have a number of players that need it and, and we have to do the best we can to get them in a better place. And, and that goes really for, for everyone in our organization is it's, it, it's, I don't want to say it, it's never something you want to, you want to view through the lens of, of being punitive, mm-hmm. you, you want to help and, and find a way to to get back to a good place where your process is good. And you know, we, we were able to do it a week ago with Matt Brash, and, and there are uh, there are a few more guys that we would like to get into that situation, and, and uh, we have to find a way. Well, today today being an off day, is this the type of day where we might expect a decision like that or a move like that to get made? Only if we're able to resolve some of the, the roster challenges that we're currently dealing with. And you know, it was a, a long night, you know, uh, after the game last night, trying to figure out how we might be able to navigate uh, the roster as we head into New York. You know, we also have the challenge of, of going to Canada on Monday. So, you know, another layer of information to, to try to manage here. So there, there are some moving parts that, that may allow us to do something in the next day or so, but, you know, it's a minimally we have to we have to look at all the different, I guess, available options for us to 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 reset and give our team a different look in the short term, mostly so we can get players we believe in back on track. Well, let's talk about some of the guys that have been on track because there have been a few. I, I know it's been frustrating from a from a large scale standpoint, but what you've seen from Julio over the last few weeks has to be incredibly encouraging. No, well, we've struggled our most. He's been, you know, kind of a light in the fog, so to speak. He's he has he gets increasingly you know, 
better right, with, with each plate appearance, with each day. And he does something fun every day, whether it's on defense, it's a throw, it's the way he runs the bases, it's, it's the quality of the at-bats. You know, and, and, I, and I'll say this, like Julio this week, like a few of our guys, particularly in that, that the NOLA game against the Phillies, you know, they started to get a couple of breaks that, frankly, we weren't getting. For you know, we went two weeks losing every inch on the game of inches, <laughs> and you know, in the last couple of days, we did start to get a few breaks, and and Julio got a few of them. And to me, that's deserved. When throughout the quality of your process has been good, and 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 you're hitting the ball hard. When you do that and you do it consistently, you're going to get a couple of those little infield rollers, the off hit that that winds up going for a knock and. And, and Julio got a few of them. And, and he's been a joy. He's always got the smile. I, he's, I, I feel like he, by inches, he missed a, a, a three-run homer in yesterday's game that, that changes the look of it. And I just I feel confident every time, time he comes to the plate that we're, we're seeing a young star kind of blossom. Yeah, it's been so interesting watching him and uh, the like he hasn't – we haven't seen the home runs, right? We just saw one home run. But it, it sure feels as if he's almost modified some of his approach for being a rookie in Major League Baseball as opposed to being a veteran who can handle everything and knows when to hit a home run. Is that is that accurate? Is that how he's handled himself? Well, I think uh, Julio's power is huge. I mean, you saw it with the one home run he did hit. It right. was Titanic in, in, down in Miami. But the he hits the ball hard. And what Julio focuses on right now, which I think is the right way to go. And, and we were taught for so many years that the first thing that comes is the hit and then the power. And, you know, he's just focusing on being a good hitter. And, and over the course of the last three weeks, especially he has become a good hitter. And, you know, it's, you know, along with guys like Ty and, and JT Crawford, over these last three weeks, he's been the, he has been the consistent offensive you know force in the lineup, just by going and being a good hitter. And and I do think that you're going to start to see the power you know manifest over the course of the season because as he trusts his ability to to drive the ball around the ballpark, now you'll see him take his chances and go left. And and uh, and it's I, that is an encouraging thing with a young player when they're focused first on the hit, second on the power. Uh, is that a reasonable? Uh, is that what we should expect to see moving forward from George Kirby? Like every time? Uh, well, that would I would pinch myself if we saw anything <laughs> close to that every time. Uh, George was phenomenal, and and I can't say it was surprising to many of us that he was as composed as he was. He's he's a mature guy. He he went out and he did what George Kirby does. He filled up the strike zone. I, I thought some of the things that really stood out where the first time he got into a 2-0 count in the big leagues, he drops the slider for a strike. And and in each instance, and I think it happened to him three times, that he fell behind a hitter 3-0, which he rarely does. He just came back and just started pumping strikes. And and I and I hope that that was, that, that was obvious to the other players on the roster. Like, this is what you do. You, when you're behind, you just you come and you challenge the opposing hitter because – as we saw yesterday and as we have seen many times in the last 15 days, when you're trying to avoid giving up one run, you often pitch yourself into you know, the, the crooked number inning. And, and that's the, the problem that we find over the course of these last 15 days. It, while we haven't scored, and we certainly haven't been able to, to run it up on, on anyone, 
the biggest struggle for us has been the fact that we're running into that one big inning in almost mm. every game where we allow a crooked number and now we're running uphill with an offense that's just not clicking. And and it's it's counterproductive because we're trying to pitch away from giving up the, the, the one run and, and then all of a sudden you give up three or four. And and George didn't allow that to happen. He in his in his game he focused on managing what he could manage, which is that strike zone, and I thought he did a great job of it. Tell you what, if I had ninety eight with arm side run, I would feel free to challenge hitters also. I mean, like, <laughs> like it seems a lot easier when you've got that. You know, it's, what's fun with George is not only does he have that, you know, and it, it's he has he has a four pitch mix. They're all what we think are are above average to to in some cases elite level pitches, and and he's he throws all of them. If you saw his minor league pitch distribution list it's a you know this year it was roughly equal parts any of his four pitches in in almost any count and uh it's it's very interesting when you have a guy that can do that who fills up the strike zone doesn't give away free passes and can run his fastball in the high 90s it's it's such a unique combination in those skills and and you know i'm i'm thrilled to see where he goes i'm really happy to see that he got off the dock with a good one there will not always be, you know, it, the, mm-hmm. it, it's not always going to look the way it looked this past Sunday. But it, it, he'll have his struggles like any other young player. But it was refreshing to see him go do the things that he does and stay as composed as he did. Well, and how about the cheering section, too? I mean, bringing that number of people from early in his life. I wondered, and, and maybe you would know more about this because you grew up in the Northeast, right? In Tom's River, right? So, so was there... The fact that I think it's that we don't get that many professional baseball players that come out of the Northeast, that it kind of feels like, oh, this is something to really be celebrated. If you grow up in your George Kirby's age in Arizona, like everyone in your high school team probably played in the pros at some point, it must have felt like an incredible accomplishment for all of them, in addition to showing just how beloved he is by his group. I thought it was phenomenal. And, and honestly, never really seen anything like that. Right. You know, Where uh, not only did he have a large contingent come 3,000 miles across the country to watch his, his debut, but they were vocal. And you know, <laughs> they, they made it very fun to be at the ballpark. The, the, the section did. I thought the way George interacted with them from the dugout or the field after his outing was over, uh, or even after the first inning, it, it, George is very focused. He's mature on the mound. You know, he's kind of that unflappable look to him a lot of the time, and you can't tell if he's if he's struggling or dominating. It's a, it's the same look. But when those when, when those his group of supporters were erupting at every moment, you could see it in his face. And and when he went to the dugout and shook his fist at him, I just thought it was tremendous. It was human, and and I. I I thought it was so much fun to watch, mm. and, and, and I wish the, that group was there every night because we could <laughs> kind of use that energy. Um, we talked a week ago about him and, and just sort of wanted to check in. How's Kyle Lewis doing a week later? Uh, Kyle, it's been, as, as has often been the case with Kyle, kind of a bit mercurial, you know, lots of highlights. He's swinging the bat very, very well. And, you know, unfortunately, it hasn't been as easy for him to bounce back uh, after a day of playing defense. But uh, we're making progress. He should be out there again tonight and and hopefully for the next three. And, and then we'll reassess where we are as, as we get through the weekend with the Mets. Uh, he will not be with us to, to begin our series in New York. But I, I think once we move past that, he 
you know, if all goes well, he is in the discussion for, for one of the solutions mm-hmm. that, that can help us uh, get a little deeper. He's getting close, and uh, you know, it's, it's a matter now of, of how he bounces back from his uh, days on the field. Yeah, from a playing perspective, he's been quite good. How is he bouncing back from DHing? Is that a challenge for him, or is it just when he plays the field? Uh, just it's right now. It seems to be more uh, how he plays the field than, than DHing, and you know. But to, to Kyle's credit, he wants to be capable of contributing as regularly as he can, and and he knows the way our roster is built. That that in order to do that regularly, he's going to have to play some defense, and uh, you know, be easy right now to, to plug him in at DH. But at some point, we will get Mitch back, and then at some point, we will have you know to navigate how to use that DH spot. And, and I think wisely Kyle identifies that and, and knows that he's going to have to play some defense. And, and you know, we'll work along with him because it is important for our team that he's able to do those things. Where, what's the latest on Mitch? I mean, we heard some reports over the course of this week that were not particularly encouraging about the length of time he could be out. Where are you guys at? How long do you think it could be? Uh, I have no idea, to be honest with you. The, 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 the timelines that were discussed, and I, I saw the, the news piece, we haven't really had that discussion yet, but we're just taking it. We're taking it day by day. We've not established the timeline, and and we've we've been purposeful with that. It's uh, you know it's it's a very difficult injury to predict, and you know you cover across sport. You know a high ankle sprain can be anything from you know three weeks to three months, and, yeah. and it's unfortunate each one's going to behave in a different way. So we're loath to place a timeline on it because you just don't know. And, you know, what I will say about Mitch is that he feels a little better every day. And, and that's, you know, it, if it's improving every day and, and we can see the, the progress being made, it gives you hope. But at the end of the day, I couldn't tell you whether it's going to be, you know, another month, two months. I, I have no earthly idea. We're just going to have to play it out day by day and, and, and hope he continues to report feeling better. You know, we probably spent some time here um, talking about Jared Kelnick without mentioning the name Jared Kelnick, and I wanted to bring him up a little bit more specifically, um, and not just to talk about the struggles at the play, because obviously we, we've seen that, but how impressed have you been with his ability to do some of the other things, whether it's run the bases, uh, play defense, his you know playing right field over these last couple of weeks? It sure seems like he has not taken his struggles out you know, away from the plate with him the way he did a year ago. I honestly, from the, a defensive perspective, running the bases effort every night, you couldn't ask for anymore. He is, uh, I think he's played gold glove quality defense. I, I, I believe from a defensive run save perspective uh, and his own rating, he, I believe he's the number one ranked outfielder in the league right now. Wow. And, and what he's doing defensively and, uh, I, I, I'm almost certain that's the case of, among right fielders, and I think it's among outfielders in general. And you know, it's, uh, what we thought was generally going to be, uh, you know, a work in progress in, in, in regard to our outfield defense with what Julio and, and JK have done. It's, it's actually been, you know, one of the stronger units in the league. Uh, so. I, from that end, I, I can't say enough positive things. And it's a, I, he is a competitive guy. And, you know, he's not doing it with the bat. He knows he's not doing it with the bat. And it's been a real struggle for him. He is finding other ways to contribute to, to our success. And, you know, and hopefully we get the bat going because it's, uh, it, it, at the end of the day, that's the, yeah. that's the big thing. And, and it's always been a big thing for, for JK. And, 
And and it's going to be a big thing again. It's just it, it might take a little time to get there. Is this, I know you've sort of mentioned this before, but it, it seems to be even more exaggerated this year, the difference between minor league and major league pitching, even AAA and major league pitching. And, you know, just it, it has it ever had this much of a disparity between the two? I don't. I don't think there's ever been. And and the, you know the PCL, which is you know the the league that Tacoma is playing its games, and and I've had a lot of experience in and around the PCL. It, it's it's very tough on pitchers. It can be uh, very welcoming to hitters. It's a lot of high altitude locations and, and a very offense friendly league. And and frankly, you're going to see the ball is not going to break as much because of the altitude. You're going to see a lot more. Uh, uh, hitter-friendly counts because the pitchers are not as refined as they're going to be in the big leagues. And and when you get into those hitter-friendly counts, you're not going to see the type of weapons that they tend to throw you in the big league. <laughs> and and that's always the case any generation, any year, and any time. But the 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 disparity between the two right now is it's a wider chasm than it's ever been. And and I at least in my career in baseball, it's a wider chasm than it's ever been because mm-hmm. there's never been an, a, a time where major league starting pitchers have the kind of stuff that they have right now. You would run into major league bullpens where you're going to have big stuff that comes out at the end of a game and, you know, and it might be one or two guys. Now it's eight guys (laughs) that are coming out with the big stuff and the five starters have just crazy stuff. And, and it's the, 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 the the offense or the chance to generate offense in the big leagues it's it's very hard right now and and you you combine all of these factors uh, from a very offense friendly league in in the PCL to a very stingy league in MLB with with a lot of physical stuff on the other side and and it's complicated and and you're going to run into a lot of starts and stops and you're going to see frustrated young hitters and and it's not just around the Mariners. It's it's league-wide right now with some of the best and brightest young yeah. prospects in baseball really struggling to get over the hump. And and they will. They, they ultimately will. This is also, I think, you know, some of the the the, the blowback or the after effect of, of the COVID summer in 2020 when we just missed all the opportunity, the five, 600 plate appearances for those young hitters to experience uh, – getting through minor league seasons, facing pitchers who will throw you breaking balls and, and, and hitters counts. And, and so much of that was lost. And I don't think that, that we have to adjust our mindsets for that and understand that player development at the major league level is going to be a little rockier right now than it's ever been. Jerry, you mentioned COVID summer, and it's probably a good way of asking you about what you mentioned there about Toronto. Um, will you have some players that are not going to be able to go to Toronto because of vaccination status? Yeah, we'll have a few, and you know that's something that we uh, will uh, will and have been working on managing our, our way through. And and uh, you know, like twenty nine other clubs, or I guess whoever, there, there might be some National League teams that aren't going to Toronto this summer, but. Uh, we'll have to adapt just like other teams and you know, everybody's going to have to deal with the same rules and, and uh, we'll make it work. Jerry, appreciate it. Uh, always love talking to you on Thursdays. Appreciate the candor and, and good luck. I hope this thing turns around. Uh, and when we're talking on Thursday, it's uh, in a much better place. So thank you. We appreciate it. We'll do it again next week. All right, Mike. Thanks.